Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. All right, what's up, New York? I am Rich Valdez. I'm here 17 floors above Madison Square Garden right here in New York City at the world-famous Talk Radio 77 WABC. You can stream the program at wabcradio.com. And wow, I got to the newsroom to prep for my show. And in the midst of all that breaking news, it's happened again just a few short hours ago. A black woman, Beverly Beatty, a prominent conservative activist, went and put black paint all over the Black Lives Matter mural, rolled around in the paint, finger painting. I mean, it was an amazing video. I think I put it on my Facebook page. If you want to get me on social media and you want to chime into the show, at Rich Valdez with an S, at Rich Valdez with an S on Twitter, on Instagram, on Parler, all of that. Our phone number, 1-800-848-9222. What I want to know is, do Latino lives matter? Do brown lives matter? They do. At least in my opinion, they do. However, you wouldn't know that based on the current Black Lives Matter scenario. And we're going to get into that in the second segment. But right now, I want to talk about this vandalism that just happened a little while ago. I want you to hear it for yourself because we have some awesome play-by-play coverage. I absolutely think it's extremely entertaining and we want to keep you informed. So listen to what's going on. Just to paint the picture, they roll up. This is all on Instagram Live or Facebook Live. They roll up in a, uh, I guess it's an SUV because the, the trunk is kind of open or a minivan. They open up the trunk. They've got rollers. They've got paint. They've got all sorts of things. As soon as they get there, you know, the cops are eyeballing them, thinking, hmm, what's going on? Are these guys up to no good? But they're swift, and they know what they're doing, and you've got to check out this video. We're going to give you the audio right now. I want you to listen to this. Check this out. Take your country back. Take the USA back. Take it back. Take it back. Take your country back. So now she's, she's opened up a can of paint, and she's throwing black paint onto the Black Lives Matter mural. There are passers-by saying, you should arrest her. The cops are trying to go after her, but they're slipping in the paint because it's so thick. About black people. They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. So she's explaining to the people there, exclaiming that BLM, they don't care. The Black Lives Matter organization, the Marxist movement, doesn't care about black lives. And she's there today as an activist making the statement that the killing has to stop. The violence has to stop. This revolving door of criminality, people hurting people right here in New York City, little children dying. This stuff is terrible, but it goes on. She's so into it. And she's there with with a few people that are supporting her. (laughs) One person gets in her face and they go at it. Listen to this. Cut nine. You're a coon. You're a coon. Yo, back up, back up, back up. 
face. She's in his face. Somebody comes in her face. And <laughs> she says, you're a puto. You're a coon. And she's going at it with, uh, with, with a black man that's there criticizing her for speaking her mind. What I love about this, to just, I guess, shed a little color on it, is that she's not afraid to put her thoughts out there. She's not afraid to challenge someone that's black, that's white, that's whatever, because she believes it's her God-given right to have free speech. She believes it's her God-given right to have liberty. And she's taking those God-given rights and doing that. Now, yeah, she ends up getting arrested once the cops actually are able to grab her. But they're unable to grab her because she's on her hands and knees and it's like finger painting straight through the mural, even finding one of her colleagues' keys. At the end, I think she gives the most poignant statement. I want you to hear it. Check this out. Take your country back. Take the USA back. Take it back. Take it back. Take your country back. Trump 2020. We don't care. Take your country back. Take your country back. And, of course, she's talking about this Marxist movement that is, it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. Sure, there are injustices that happen to all sorts of people, blacks included, and no one's negating that. And yes, people that want to speak up for black lives and any type of police brutality, they should. But what she's talking about is how these Marxist individuals that run the, the BLM mothership, if you will, have really just subverted the truth, have subverted the public trust, dragging people through this Minutia, dragging people through this protests and all these things in the name of creating political change under false pretenses. And that's what she's calling out. There's hope when we see leaders rise up. And one of those leaders is Bevelyn Beatty that stepped up today to say, take your country back. And just like the Goya CEO stepped up and said, you know what, I'm not going to be bullied by this same mob when AOC of Puerto Rican heritage went after a Hispanic food company. And we got into that in depth last weekend. Again, last night on Twitter, I think I put a tweet out saying, I predict the drive-by paintings of the BLM Trump Tower mural. I think they're going to be daily occurrences. This is going to be the new place to go to do your paint, whether it's the blue paint for the Blue Lives Matter or today it was black because she wanted to black it out because she was saying black lives don't matter to BLM. And I think that's such a poignant thing. But we're going to get into a lot of things. So pull up a chair. Don't go anywhere. I don't want you to miss anything. We're going to talk about Latinos getting overlooked in this whole discussion of reform. Then somebody told me, you know what topic you should cover? Human trafficking. And I put human trafficking into a, a news search. And man, it popped up a lot of things. I'm Rich Valdez, and we'll be right back. This is America. Para Inglés, o primo número dos. Para Rich Valdez. Y... Esto es América, ahora. All right, New York, welcome back. I am Rich Valdez. What's going on with the Latinos' lives? Do they matter? Well, apparently in Astoria, Queens, they did last night because they were all over the place. Wepa! I was not in Astoria, Queens last night. I don't expect you to be dancing on top of an ice cream truck because these people were legit were on top of Mr. Softy. And I was trying to see if we could get some Mr. Softy music to set this up, but we couldn't. So 
I'm looking at the one video, and there's literally, I don't know, in the one video that you could see from the cell phone video, how many people? I don't know, four or 500 easily crowding around the Mr. Softy truck, and people are jumping on top of the Mr. Softy truck. Now, I don't know how old you guys are, and if you ever watched MTV The Grind, but it looked like that. It looked like a South Beach, Miami party with people dancing on different levels, but these levels weren't platforms for dancing. It was a Mr. Softy truck. So that's what was going on in Astoria, Queens, and that is a big F you to Mayor de Blasio, Bill El Bobo de Blasio, who apparently uh, is trying to crack down on things and isn't doing a great job. I mean, the only thing that de Blasio seems to be successful at is keeping that mural intact. Every time somebody goes and puts a little paint on it, he's quick to get it back to that black and yellow. Speaking of the Latinos in in Astoria, and if you were out in Astoria, I want to hear from you, but the the story that uh, I want to get to is a rip and read, literally a rip and read. Curtis Sliwa handed this to me yesterday, and I thought it was interesting. It's the opinion section of the Newsday, and the headline is Latinos Overlooked in Reform Discussion, and the authors Vincent Guillermo Ramos and Andrew Hidalgo. And they say a lot of things in here that Hispanics are not properly represented in the BLM movement. And I find that interesting because during the break, if you were listening to the news break, I heard the newscaster say that somebody was saying something about LGBTQ characters or actors being cast in some upcoming performance of something. And I thought to myself, since when do we do things that way? Like, since when do we say, you know, at first it was affirmative action, the reverse racism program from the federal government. That was a thing, and it's still a thing, right? But since when do we actually do stuff like that where if things are not appropriately represented, like, who makes that determination? For example, here at WABC Radio, right? Nobody says, well, apparently you have some Jews on the air, you have some Catholics, you have a couple of black people, you have some biracial people, you got Madame Call Screener, who's Mexican, you got Get Loose Bruce on the board, who's black and Puerto Rican, you've got me, my parents are Puerto Rican. So how does that work out? Are we meeting a quota or is it a good show? I mean, that's what I want to know. Give me a call. 1-800-848-WABC. Let's go to Fred. Fred and Matuchin, what's going on? Rich, I've got to tell you, you are not good. You are magnificent. You're the you. You're the up and coming man, Rich. Oh, the check is in the mail, Fred. Thank you. Rich, but this is important. Thank God that you're coming out and telling it like it is. I was going to say to you just now, yes, since when do we judge by blacks or Latinos or LGBT? We judge by the man, by the person. This young lady who now is rolling around in the Black Lives Matter outside of Trump Tower, she's a great lady. Black, white, Latino, whatever she is, she's a great lady. And so are you, Rich. Thank please, you, sir. I please, appreciate please, that, Fred. Keep, Thank you for the call. Keep, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Keep it up, Rich. Thank you, brother. I appreciate it. And, and I went to you because I know that you, you wanted to make a comment about that meritocracy. And that's ultimately what this is all about. If you're good at it, you're good at it. I mean, this is what the free market is all about. Earlier in the week, and I talked about this a little bit on, uh, on my podcast, This is America, shameless plug. You can get that at WABCRadio.com. It's on Google Podcasts. It's on Apple Podcasts. And literally, we are almost 10,000 more downloads this month than last month. So the growth has been fantastic. If you're missing out on it, that's on you. But it's there for you. First, I put out a question and I said, you know, what is the greatest virtue of the free market? And this isn't what I planned on talking about, but this is just something I think is so important because it ties in neatly with this. And I was basing it on a quote from Milton Friedman, the great economist. You know, I'm not as eloquent as Milton Friedman was, but he, in effect, says the greatest virtue of the free market is that it doesn't care what color you are. It only cares of whether you can produce something that someone else wants to buy. And it's the only system that we as humanity know of 
where we can get along, even if we don't like each other. You can hate me and I can hate you, right? I don't necessarily like the communist Chinese government, but I do buy things that are made in China. Sorry, I'm very sorry. I don't want to, but I do because they're the only ones making a whole lot of everything. So my point is that's the free market. You don't have to get along, but if you got something that's valuable, it's going to sell. And I think that's the same way when we're talking about anything else. So to say that Latinos are underrepresented in the Black Lives Matter movement, screw you, that's your problem, right? That's, that's not my problem. They cite some stats, and I'll get into it a little bit. So in the 2017 Discrimination in America survey, one in four Latinos reported having experienced discrimination while interacting with the police. One third of Latino men and 37% of Latino youth reported discrimination in their encounters with police. It goes on to talk about the Centers for Disease Control and, and more stats. And ultimately, the case that they're making is that this has increased in recent years. So in 2017, Latinos accounted for approximately 20% of all reported deaths from police, up from 13% in 2013. And then, of course, the, the next thing they do is they want a, a comparison, a per capita comparison. And I'm not going to get into all that uh, mathematical stuff because I think it's, it's better for podcasts. You have more time. You can get through it. The point that they're making, they're saying if there's 10 guys in a room and five guys are white and five guys are black, but everybody that's arrested is black, well, that's disproportionate. Okay. And it is. It's disproportionate. Why should it be proportionate is my question. If we went somewhere else, and I'm not saying that it has to be that way. I'm just saying if that's the case, that's the case. I don't understand why we have to be like, well, if you're going to arrest five black guys, you really should arrest five white guys. And if there's five Asians, grab them too. No, it just doesn't work that way in real life. If you do something wrong, now I do understand I'm not naive. My head is not in the sand. I do realize that if I get pulled over in a car, right? And again, I'll give you the visual. I'm uh, more than medium build, right? I'm going to go with a little rotund. Bald head, I wear a beard. I get pulled over and the cops are like, driver's license and registration, sir. And I go, pendejo. It's not going to go good. I can tell you right now, it's not going to go good. Right? They're not going to like that. So if I say, hey, good afternoon, officer, what's going on? I think they might cut me a little slack. I think it's critically important that we realize how we interact with people. And this is, you know, about the talk and all that stuff. And that's a whole different show. That's not where I want to go. What I want to talk about is how the Latinos are underrepresented, overrepresented. And on the other side of this break, we're going to talk about kids going back to school and what's going on with human trafficking. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Now available on WABCRadio.com. This is America with Rich Valdez. Look, you either love America or you don't. You either love liberty or you don't. When it comes to patriotism, there's no half-step. Listen and subscribe. WABCRadio.com and the 77 WABC mobile app. An American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC. And WABCRadio.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, New York, welcome back. I'm still here. The cop did not uh, lock me up. He let me off with a warning. He said, hey, stop speeding and don't get fresh. And I don't want to stay on that vein too much. And we're going to go to your calls, 1-800-848-WABC. But I also want to put something else out there for you guys. Because I think, as a parent, I have two teenage children, one in college, one in high school. And part of... I guess what every parent is dealing with right now is what's going on with school. 
And this is affecting both of my kids, irrespective of their grade differences. They need to be in a class where they can learn. Online learning isn't for everybody. And that's just a fact. There's different learning styles. I worked in higher ed for quite a while and learned a, a lot about how different people learn, especially dealing with adult education and the nuance that goes into an adult's recall ability and all these things that are boring and I'm not going to get into on the radio. But one of my colleagues I know is listening because he just sent me a text and he's with Matthew. And I want to give a big shout out to Matthew East Hanover. Uncle Rich is listening to you, too. And the point that we're getting at here is if people learn different ways, I think it's critical that we allow kids to go back to school. But there seems to be a lot of controversy over that. I want to know what you think about it. 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. E. Frank has been holding on in Astoria. I'm going to ask you a couple of questions because I know you want to talk about Black Lives Matter, and we're going to get to that. But I also want to know if you were part of that big fiesta that was going on last night in Astoria. E. Frank, what's going on? You're on with Rich Valdez. Hey, Rich. uh, Nice to hear you again. I'm going to tell you, uh, I'm a lifelong resident of Astoria. I've been living here 50 consecutive years. I've been here since the days that uh, Tony Bennett was still singing. So let me ask you, is it safe to say that you were the guy that I saw on the Twitter video that was on top of the Mr. Softy truck? No, no, no. (sighs) Absolutely not. You know, I I pass by uh, Mm -hmm. the stores that are on Steinway Street. At night, the the people come out of the uh, restaurants. They come out of the businesses that are still open at that hour, and they, you know, slap each other on their backs. They shake hands with each other. They, you know, they they kiss each other. It's very disgusting. Hey, it's a family show. Take it easy. Yeah, well, anyway, Rich, you know, I, I, I don't participate in that. I'm a quiet man who lives in my own apartment building, and I don't really get involved with any of the brouhaha that goes on throughout the whole community. But I'm uh-huh. very familiar with many things here. I got you. So what's on your mind with BLM, with the Black Lives Matter movement? You know, I actually believe that the Black Lives Matter, I've been hearing a lot of bad press on other radio stations that it's a, like a socialist type of movement that is actually trying to overtake the government. What I think the Black Lives Movement is, is a a form of reverse racism towards uh, insecurities that that individuals in the movement haven't been able to deal with on a one-by-one basis. They created a movement saying that black lives actually don't matter, which they do matter because we're all co-equal under the U.S. Constitution, under U.S. civil rights laws. I don't understand the reason why the, the movement has to attack uh, civilians that are against their principles, attack law enforcement individuals that do not actually confer with what they're doing on the protest. Black so you're saying they should apologize? They should apologize. Apologize for what? Apologize for not understanding other issues. They actually assume that most police officers practice brutality against only blacks. So if I hear you right, you're saying that if a white person breaks the law or a black person breaks the law or an Asian person or a Spanish person, that if the cops are there, the cops are going to enforce the law. Yes, I'm saying that. Actually, I am, Rich. You put the yeah, words... I, I tend to agree with you. I also agree that in the example I made before, if you act like a gentleman about it, you can sometimes get out of these uh, speeding tickets and these types of things. You know, oh, I saw you without your without your seatbelt on, or I saw the phone up next to your head. You know, you can call the cop up and they hold or a pig, and it can go south real quick. Or you can be respectful and do the right thing. By and large, for the most part, I don't think that the police, 99% of the police, are out there looking to bust black people or looking to bust uh, Hispanics uh, or anybody else. I think they're out there handling where crime is. And if crime happens to be in certain areas, I mean, I don't think there's any accident 
I think the Democrats have kind of paved the way for this since the time of FDR that let's just call uh, as an example housing projects. Housing projects are not bastions of safety. They're not the safest place in the world to be. It just happens to be that this is where you get a lot of criminal activity. So in a situation like that where you have all this criminal activity coming out of a housing project, I don't think it has anything to do with race. I think it has everything to do. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. With the criminality that's going on. But I want to talk about the schools. I want to talk about going back to school. So let's listen to cut four. As schools struggle with reopening safely... NBC News reached out to five top pediatricians across the country, a random sampling of doctors to find out just how dangerous the coronavirus is for kids. Our experts agree most children don't get as sick as adults and that serious complications are rare. This has been a strange pandemic because usually for respiratory viruses, children are the first and the most substantially affected. And this has really been a flip of that where it's our adults and particularly our older adults that have been more affected. In fact, kids only account for 2% of all cases. Doctors say they don't expect that number to significantly increase when schools open because kids don't appear to be good at spreading the virus. Are kids as good at transmitting the virus as adults? The data that's come out now um, seems to show that most transmissions occur from adults to adults or adults to children. The younger you are, probably the less likely you are to be able to transmit the disease. While many teachers are concerned about reopening school so soon, the five doctors we spoke to agreed. The benefits of being in the classroom far outweigh the risk of disease. But the key is to reopen safely. We are... Uh, not seeing transmissions when we're following some simple guidelines. I think each school system is going to have to come up with their own guidelines because you can't just say that one city is just like the next. All agree guidelines should include rules for social distancing. Keep desks three to six feet apart and make sure desks aren't facing each other. Schools may want to consider holding gym classes outside. In your perfect world of sending kids back to school, what would you like seeing set up in those school systems? They should try to um, increase the airflow in the classrooms, um, try to distance as much as possible. I have been doing a lot of um, research looking into face masks. I don't think they're... um, I think you guys get the point. It's a bunch of pediatricians on NBC News explaining that whatever the situation is, even if local school boards make up what they're going to make up, whatever plan they have to bring kids back, it should be up to them. Granted, no argument there. But it's safe in their opinion. Doctors are saying now this is similar to what we were talking about with the police. I don't think the majority of police are out there looking to bust certain people. I don't think these pediatricians are looking to harm children. The same way I don't think the argument that we made earlier about Hispanics and Latinos being underrepresented in the Black Lives Matter movement or in anything. Right. I think it it comes down to what matters. We're talking about people, not about colors, about people. And in this case, small people that are going to school. So that's the question. 
Why is it that so many politicians, and they all happen to be Democrats, are fighting tooth and nail to keep kids out of school? Now, it's no surprise that the teachers' unions have a lot of influence. And Mark Levin got into this on on last night's program and a little bit the night before. So he's got excellent analysis on that. And I don't want to go into the whole teachers' union aspect of it. What I want to talk about is really the practicality of it. I want to hear from parents, uh, people that are in the community, people that are in the five boroughs, and what their thoughts are on should we be getting back to school this fall. But let me give you the phone number, 1-800-848-WABC, 1-800-848-9222. We're going to talk about that, and I'm going to get into that human trafficking stuff as well as soon as we get back. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. Mr. Callspooner, who is a budding radio star, by the way. Richie Valdez is terrific. All right. I am a budding radio star. I am terrific. Thank you. Great one for saying that. I am Rich Valdez at Rich Valdez with an S on Twitter and all of my social media. And our phone number, of course, is 1-800-848-9222. And let's go straight to the phones. Let's go to Queens and let's talk with Gabriel. You're on with Rich Valdez. Hi, Gabriel. Hey, Rich. Thanks for having me on. What's up? What's on your mind? I just wanted to give you my perspective as a former uh, after-school educator who worked in the who worked in the education system on why I think it's important to actually send kids back to school. Go for it. I'm 100% on board with what the press secretary said when this was first announced. She had made a very compelling point that kids are now, because of the pandemic and lockdown, are placed in scenarios where substance abuse within the home has gone up and assault cases have gone up. We as Now, are you saying this from your own experience? Are you abusing substances in your home? No, 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 no. Uh, but what I have seen was, sadly, during my time as an educator, we were trained as mandatory reporters to ensure that children had a safe home. And what I found was that, sadly, one of my students ha- was not in a, in a safe environment, and I had to get involved with uh, Child Protective Services to ensure that they had gotten uh, you know, into a safer environment in which we were so able to So you're saying them. so that you can be a Karen and, and rat people out and call child services, that's why kids have to go back to school? Oh, no. I'm saying that we need to also think about the children's safety, not only that, but schools also provide school lunches for underprivileged. So it's the government's job to raise the children, not the parents. Children are safer in a school than in their own home. Is that right? No, I would say that at times, sometimes the parents may be unfit and that's where you might have help where the student actually needs to get that help and they might not have any adults to turn to in their in their home let me ask you this what do you think about the social interaction part about the structured learning part did you find that kids learned better when you were able to literally face-to-face physically assist them with an assignment yes one-on-one so i think it's safe to say that one of the main reasons is the social aspect the fact that you need to be there to say hey look that two and that two make four and if you're not really next to them to do it it becomes a bit of a challenge, or am I oversimplifying it, in your opinion? Oh, no, I think you're, you're 100% on the, on the ball. It's a lot better than whatever you know, Zoom classes that they're giving now. Yeah, and I have to agree with that point, because my kids have both done this uh, electronically uh, via distance learning, and it hasn't really been terrific. It hasn't really been great, and thank you for calling in. I appreciate your perspective, Gabriel. 
There are parents that rely on school. It's been an institution for hundreds of years in America that we've been around. So, yes, they're expecting, you know, I'm going to go make a living. My kids, when they're old enough to go to school, are going to go to school. Now that the fact that parents may have to go back to work and kids don't have somewhere to go, that's a problem, but it's not the problem. To me, the main problem is they may not learn as effectively. If you don't put the effort in to teach the student, the student's not going to learn. So you're going to have students that are going to fall by the wayside because they just, they're not up to speed. How do you reinforce someone to participate in class if they're in their pajamas on their bed? Now, people can argue with me all they want. When I work from home, I get dressed up like I'm going to work, even in radio world. Unless it's a Saturday. I'm, yes, I'm wearing sneakers and shorts today. But for the most part, I throw on a button-down shirt. I throw on some slacks because I take myself seriously. And you have to take your work seriously as well. I told that to my kid, and she was like, no, Dad, my teachers are in their pajamas. My jaw hit the floor. And I was like, wow, I never would have imagined that. Just because you're in the comfort of your own home doesn't mean that you're not working. And professionalism goes out the window. But that's a different story for a different day. One of the things that I wanted to talk about before I leave you today was this topic of human trafficking. Now, this has been a, a linchpin of the Trump administration. He's cracked down on this hard. And as a civilian, back in 2012, uh, people have called this program and said that he's tweeted that something has to be done about human trafficking, child trafficking. It's a way bigger problem than people think. It's, you know, many people suggest that this is why so many kids go missing. And, and I'm talking even as young as two years old. And it's, it's a crazy world out there. So I said, you know what, let me do a search on what type of news is out there because I hadn't heard much. And lo and behold, I see three stories, one from a, a big newspaper and two from local television stations. Check this out. First headline, it's an opinion piece. Frederick Douglass's descendant speaks about human trafficking, what he calls the new slavery. And this is from yesterday in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. And he basically just paints this picture that this is serious. And he was how struck he was on framing the issue of human trafficking and how it relates to the slavery that Frederick Douglass fought to get away from. And it's an interesting piece, and you can read it on your own time. But it led me to other stuff. Then one in St. Petersburg, Florida. This is a Fox affiliate, Channel 13 News. Headline, Rehabilitation Center for Human Trafficking Victims to Open in Pinellas County. So let me ask you a question. If you have a rehab center for people that are recovering from human trafficking, if there is a center for this, I think that's indicative that this is a, a pervasive problem. I didn't know that it was that pervasive. I knew it happened a lot, but I didn't know they had rehab centers for that. So that really opens the door to like, is this how many people are fueling these Marxist movements? Are they using these these black market activities to fund what they do, similar to how al-Qaeda did what they did to fund their terrorism? It just makes me wonder. Next headline. This is WAAY-TV. Headline, Athens man arrested for 60 counts of child porn, human trafficking, incest, and more. And I'm like, wow. I mean, obviously, we're not going to hear about uh, Georgia news in New York on a regular basis unless it's from our good friend Keisha Lance Bottoms blaming uh, the legal gun owners for the uptick in violence. When I think we all know it's typically not registered gun owners that are out there shooting people. It's the bad guys that have the guns illegally. Not to get too tangential, this human trafficking stuff, I think, is really just insanity. So I want to hear your thoughts on this uh, because it's, it's kind of wide open. 
Let's go to uh, the phones. Go to Brooklyn, our good friend Jimmy. What's up, Jimmy? How are you? I think the human trafficking is mostly children that we hear about. The human trafficking is also connected to the drug trafficking. Wherever there's money to be made, not only do you have criminals, you have political revolutionary groups because the money they use builds the revolution, just like FARC in Colombia, the communist group. Oh, yeah. They're big into drugs. Yeah, let's just stop right there real quick because I think a lot of people don't know about FARC, but FARC is is the uh, revolutionary group out of Colombia that you know, is having a lot of issues with, with Venezuela. They've tried to take over. There's There's been a lot of back and forth. There are legitimate revolutionary groups outside of the United States that do all sorts of dirt, all sorts of, I'm going to call it black market activity, to make money so that they can do their thing, whether it's selling drugs or this or that. It's not always their end game. There's more to it. MS-13 was meeting with FARC, not in Colombia, but Venezuela. So that shows you how these groups get organized and pulled together, politicize, radicalize, militarize the youth. This is the result of it. Yeah, and it's a damn shame. They prey on the weakest among us, the most vulnerable, our children and runaway teens and and whomever, to engage them in slavery and dishumic trafficking, which I really think is terrible. I, I looked at an article earlier today, and I was trying to get the audio, but we weren't able to grab it. But it was of President Trump, or of then Citizen Trump, in 2015, denouncing Jeffrey Epstein and saying that this is an absolute cesspool of, of pedophilia. And I think the president was right. So I thank you for joining me again today. I am Rich Valdez. Until then, do not go jumping on top of the Mr. Softy truck. And on that note, I'm going to get ready. I'm going to jump on the train. I'm going to go meet Curtis. This is Curtis Sliwa. I'm going to go meet Curtis Sliwa. We're going to have some Mr. Softy in Astoria, all in a salute to Bill El Bobo de Blasio. Until then, God bless you. This is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.